You're not watching it right. What was going on with Palpatine's son or Palpatine's clone? Wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. No, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. <laughs> this is awesome! Welcome to the Harmonica Brothers Variety Show. We now join this week's conversation already underway. Guys, we're back. We're, we're back. We, we, we didn't, uh, like, just disappear permanently. We're still doing this. We thought you all deserved a break from us. Um, it seemed only fair. Uh, but you'll be happy to know that the format is pretty much the same as it was before. So, yeah, I mean, we we all I think need could have used with some time off. Like things are sort of opening up here in Toronto, and I think we all sort of took advantage in some ways. Um, I was applying for my master's, and I still am finishing that off. Um, you know, it's going well. Uh, fucking Ryerson Journalism Program refuses to open up its its graduation application so everything's always down so i still haven't been able to submit it's been almost a month but you mean your grad the graduate school application well the application is open i just can't upload my like documents right. or portfolio um, and statement of interest and all that stuff so yeah yeah no i've been doing something similar for teaching um but yeah uh we have not seen eternals yet though but what are you doing matt um yeah, essentially, like I said, just applying for uh, doing a master's in teaching because uh, uh, the University of Toronto offers that. So I'm um, just finishing up the application. It's due next week. I am currently unemployed and at home in track pants all day. You love but this it. is a big deal because that is the equilibrium between the three of us. The city decides to open up again, and Kaim decides to go into isolation because F going out anymore when there's people there. But this is the first break you've had in several years. Um, I, I I went to BC for a week, which is what kiboshed two recording sessions for us. Um, but yes, I was I hated being on the plane. Uh, it was too, way too crowded for me. I don't even take this is this is me. I used to take the bus everywhere. I don't even take the bus anywhere anymore because I hate how crowded places are. I hate going public shopping. I hate being at grocery stores. I like I like empty streets. I like living in a post-apocalyptic kind of wasteland, deserted city sphere. That was my vibe. I enjoyed that. I look, if going back to normal means I don't I can't wear a mask and look at somebody and cross the street when they get too close to me, I don't want to go back to normal. Just well, to be fair, we're all still wearing masks. Yes. Uh, that hasn't changed. <laughs> wait until, like, winter really sets in and people get freaked out again, then then you'll be good. Like, I'm so I'm going to Florida this summer, or this over Christmas for a couple weeks, and, like, to you. you know, Tampa is a, it's like Tampa and St. Pete, shout out, shout out, shout out St. Pete, shout out Treasure, Treasure Island, but, like, it's pretty like blue, pretty democratic, pretty liberal, but like, man, Florida's a fucking mess. Just it is. As a whole. We are we it are is. quite literally the really nice apartment over the meth lab at this very moment. The burning meth lab. And and Florida is the is the gas stove that's just sputtering, yeah. and that's essentially what it is under those chemicals. Yeah, um, but I think like. But good, good for you, Sam, for getting getting out and seeing your family as well. Yeah, like I, I think I, I saw my parents for a couple of weeks over the summer, but like I hadn't seen them before that in almost two years because of the pandemic. 
Um, side note, quick, quick aside, Sam. What dates did you need me to to house it again? Oh, I already got I already got some. Oh, you got somebody? Okay, because I'm re realizing December is closer than than I than I realized, and I thought, okay, maybe I can do it because I'm not applying for a job anytime soon. Well, you for the rest you know of the I already got someone else. So, so. Did you know that December follows November? That's that's crazy. I man. just didn't realize how far into November we were. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Well, I realized it when I uh, put on the radio today, and I heard Christmas music. <laughs> on, uh, I think it's because, like, in Canada, like we get. We have Thanksgiving, and then like two weeks later, it's Halloween, and then it's just Christmas prep for two months. Yeah. Right? So like, weird. My, like, like my mom's birthday is on November twenty fifth, and growing up, that we would always um, put the tree up that day. So for me, uh, the Christmas season really starts November twenty fifth, which is fitting because that's exactly one month before Christmas. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and, and before that, I don't really like go out of my way to listen to Christmas music or anything like that because it just doesn't feel like it's Christmas yet. And because you all need to be pressured to start worrying about gifts, gift pressure, man, companies apply it immediately. Well, this year I started seeing Christmas ads on TV even before Halloween, which is ridiculous. I mean, you should at least wait. It's wrong. It's, it's there should be laws against it. There should be laws against it. Um, I don't know if that makes me uh, right or left, but there should be laws against having Christmas ads before Halloween. Well, for me, it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it, it makes the Christmas season kind of less special if it goes on for like two months. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if it's yeah. just that period between November 25th and I guess essentially January 1st, then that feels, you know, yeah, I, I, it, it, it feels special uh, compared yeah. to extending it. Yeah, I mean... The pressure of Christmas gifts, I don't really get. I buy three gifts every year. At least I write three gifts minimum, like six maximum every year. One for my sister, one for my mom, one for my dad. And then occasionally friends, if I see something I know they'll like. You know what I mean? Like, I remember you know, what you got me last time. I still have it. I don't even remember. Although I did just find wow. the picture you did of all. You did, you did uh, for me. Oh, right. Yes, um, let's tell our listeners, Kai. We because have we talked about this on the show? I don't know. Continue, Matt. Well, uh, our, I think our, I, listener. I, our listener knows that we play uh, a Star Wars uh, RPG uh, that Sam uh, runs every Tuesday, and um, we're in. I guess we've been playing it for like well, it's definitely been over a year, like a yeah, year, two months, year, three months. We started in June of twenty twenty. Yeah. And uh, Kai, um, because Kai is an artist and a very good artist, uh, he drew each of us, uh, Sam and I, uh, a, um, a picture based on a particular uh, event in the game. Um, I, I, my, my guy is a chiss named uh, Clarvis Sithlario, and uh, I managed to kill a uh, Sith Lord. It was Darth Talon, right? Yep. Darth Talon. Um, and so Kai drew a picture commemorating that moment. Because it was pretty awesome. I used the force to drop a giant uh, or to drop um, pillars. Pillars, yes, uh, on her, which pretty much did her in instantly, which I think Sam was surprised at because I think he'd had like an idea of how the battle was going to go, but it quickly like, ended when I. I'm assuming like, he had unused talents and skills that he was. Like, seriously, like the actual, like she, as a nemesis, like she, I gave her multiple turns in that combat. Like, I think she got like two turns and like Darth Talon is like not a not a not an easy enemy but like 
once you have move and fantasy flight star wars rpg system which they need to make more stuff for it's such a good system it's the best star wars system i've ever played and i've played like four of them over the past couple years um but like if you pick something up that is like silhouette four which is about the size of like um a starship or something or like the millennium falcon would be silhouette four for our listeners um it does an amount of damage equal to 10 times the silhouette and an average nemesis probably only has like maximum 30 like like health or wound like uh threshold so like you drop 40 on her even with soak like she's dead like in one she was dead in like i think two hits i mean to be fair this is partly sam's fault because he was giving us a lot of experience uh in episode one don't shit talk our dm don't shit talk our dm about giving us the game is awesome but we did have a lot of experience so you uh, know what for for first time players that sort of like there's like i've been listening to non-stop like board game and video game design conference lectures and like conference lectures on youtube so there is a balance between challenge and fun that yeah. needs to be addressed and i think sam has enough D- dm experience to know how much to give his players just to to get through those challenges like we come out bloody my last our last like big fight my character got beaten the hell up um and it was annoying but sam knows just how far to push and just how much my character and my what my skill level is on how to deal with these so yeah i was i I was only joking the game has been awesome and it wouldn't have been nearly as awesome if we 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 weren't at that power level because that 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 encounter with Darth Talon, where I just happened to luckily drop a pillar on her, um, that was awesome. That was an epic moment. And that's why Kai drew I it. Think, because I think it her. reminds me of a game which I've never played, uh, Batman Arkham Knight or Arkham Asylum or whatever it was. And there was this game mechanic built in that I thought was pretty cool that one of my friends described. He said, I love playing this game and I love beating up piddly little bad guys because you know Batman's just gonna murder the shit out of them. What's important is the path you take in doing this so that you actually kind of get style points or efficiency points. And that I thought was really cool. And I thought, okay, that's an interesting way on how to deal. Like we can still cut apart foot soldiers. Like Sam could send in swarms of foot soldiers to us. He knows that we're gonna be able to cut them down but we're going to get rewarded for the efficiency that we do it in. So we're going to, he's even those little tiny uh, hiccups, we're going to still need to use our full arsenal to deal with. And to be fair, even at our power level, we're still pretty lucky to be alive. There's several encounters that that we were just lucky enough went our way in the end, because like, I I, like I'm missing both. I've got cybernetic, two cybernetic legs and a cybernetic. Like I've been messed up, seriously. Like, um, that's true. With like the thing with Star Wars, Kai, we were I think we were carrying Kai's Kai's unconscious body around a little bit in in this last that's encounter. We right. Had. So, <laughs> yeah, like I think at this power level, and I think this is the same. This is the, the case with all RPGs. Three things I'll say. First of all, I appreciate your your thankfulness. I I love playing with you guys. Probably it's it's like it's the the youngest game I play in. It's also probably my favorite because we're such good friends and I've become such good friends with you guys. You are, you are my best friends. Cause I don't have any friends in Canada. So, uh, but, Same. 
Yeah, my my actually, well, I grew up overseas. You guys have you guys probably can call up. Someone you I just with. suck. <laughs> I could call up people, I guess, but I haven't spoken to them in a very long time, and I think the conversation would be very awkward. Okay, sure. uh, I've lost well, touch with a lot of people that I do. Like, so the drawing. Quick me. side note, Matt, don't 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 be afraid. Reach out. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Please. I, even if it's just a text message saying, you know. Let's deal with the awkwardness. I can do it. Okay, Sam, that's what, go ahead. Yes. So my drawing was an Assassin's Creed cyberpunk like Jedi Star Wars mashup, which is so crazy. And it just fits the, the perfect Ikea frame I bought for it. Because it's like the Ikea frame, I could either get one that was too big or too small. And I got one that was too big. And I got like the special like placard stuff around yeah. it. So the Assassin is very centric. Second thing I'll say is, when it comes to RPGs, this is something. This is a lesson for all GMs out there for tabletop RPGs, or really anything that you're doing for someone as an, as a, a group activity with friends. It's that make it easy, make the beginning easy. When I I was giving you guys, I level up my characters really fast in every game I play, and they're in our in Star Wars in the Fantasy Flight Star Wars RPG system. There isn't levels; you just get more and more experience, and you buy talents and skill ranks and what have you. So make it really fun and easy in the beginning and just for you as the gm like oh it's an unfair advantage for them on the monsters then for me as the gm i just turn up the spigot on the monsters or i turn down the spigot on the loot and that sort of makes it easy on the third front like high level rpgs you guys are like pretty high powered for this system but you guys your power level now is about analogous to obi-wan at the start of attack of the clones right or anakin at the at, at like the start of the clone wars show it's like you guys are you guys are not you guys still would die in like two rounds if you faced like the darth vader stat block or yoda or even obi-wan kenobi like as he is at like the end of revenge of the sith mm -hmm. and so but when you get to high levels in any rpg it's really only fun if you're fighting shit like when you play the we like matt and i have both played the witcher three Yes, it's fun when you let yes, you can still like cleave through like like mooks when you go to when like if say you've been grinding and then you play like the fall of Oxenfurt or whatever or Novigrad when uh Foltis, not Foltis, the Redanian king, whatever the fuck his name is, is attacking it. But and then uh uh and but like all those mooks are easy to kill. It's more fun when you're like having to know and be really careful when you're paying attention to your parrying and your elemental damage and all these things when you're fighting um the guy who leads every wild hunt member throughout the game that's more fun because that's like that's what's scary it's only fun when there's stakes you know much yeah. in the same way that like for a lot of people like even if it's something you're really good at with it when it comes to a skill it's really only fun if you're getting challenged up to past a certain point at least so if if anyone's out there ever running an rpgs if either, if either of you two ever decide to run rpgs either with this group or with an, a group you come up with on your own like just do those two things. If you do nothing else, make it easy and make it easy in the beginning and make it really hard like later on. And, and like don't let up. Like you guys also, the last thing I'll say is I guess the fourth or fifth thing I'll say, you guys so many fights are just shut down when people real figure out who you are because you're pretty popular, you're well known throughout the galaxy now because you know, drama, politics, and such. And like in the game, in the game setting. In the it's the legacy era for listeners, which is like 145 ish now, about 150 years after the uh battle of Yavin 4. But, like, 
you know, you guys rarely get in fights. And when you do there, I think you it's, you know, it's a moment because it's like it's ooh. only people who really want us dead. Like at the end, like at the end of the last session, like basically like with 20 minutes left, uh, Matt was like Matt's character Viz was like, I want to I just want to fight some shit. I want to find like a, a fighting ring or a fight club or something. And then uh, Kaim's character, Mo Modema from the 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 Jedi from Naboo basically figures out like uh, from like some underworld contacts like there's they're basically gonna try to kidnap Vi uh, Viz because he's this like very well-known Chiss he's sort of been leading the Chiss effort to establish New Scylla and like the Chiss diaspora sort of has rallied around him in the galaxy because they've been a bunch of them have been fleeing the, the Chiss ascendancy on Scylla and so uh they want these Knights of the Force they're like these these mercenary former Jedi want to kidnap Matt's character and so he just gets cornered and there's like 13 of them who just all draw lightsabers in a variety of colors. And he's like surrounded by them. But Viz isn't, isn't shit in the bed yet. Matt might be. <laughs> but Viz is like, these, these scrubs can't get me because he's got like a new flaw. He's got arrogance. Arrogance is his newest flaw. So it's a, you know, it's been a fun, it's been a fun time. And that's just what I'd say to anyone who wants to run a game, whether it's Star Wars or something else. Yeah, no, and I'll say that the story uh, that's been crafted, that that, that oh. Sam has crafted, and that has and that has has um, uh, unfolded um, based on the decisions we've made, has been awesome. And I would say it's better than uh, it's better than the sequels. Question. <laughs> the story is probably better than anything that's actually been filmed so far for Star Wars, because I mean, when you really think about the the, the story, it's not exactly intricate or you know, everything comes back to the sequels. Everything on this podcast. I, but my I, story that we're playing, and that, and this is the other thing that that, I, that you didn't mention. I mean, to to be a good GM like you, you really need to uh, do a lot of world world building, like prior to the game. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really appreciate, and I'm sure Kai really appreciates uh, the oh, amount absolutely. of gone into building this world because the world is is yeah. and the story is is excellent. I appreciate it, and I wish there was a. I wish there was, honestly, it would be really cool if after we did all of our roles and did everything, there was a way to machinima animate our story. And there was all sorts of like machinima fanfic out there, yeah. like recorded games. That would be awesome. That yeah, we that might. weren't just, um, that weren't just, you know, you know what? Edit that part out. That's just fanfic. And I, no, and I no, because like it's, you don't, we won't edit it out because it's one of those things where it's like you can, we we should just say fuck it at some point and we re start recording the game because and posting it on this feed because it is a game I love to run mm. and my favorite set in this setting in this game specifically because it's in this established world where I'm not doing a lot of work on the intricacies like naming of NPCs that you meet in the day to day that don't exist yeah. in Star Wars canon which there's more of them in the game now than there aren't or their descendants or what have you. Like I had to come up. I think you have had conversations with all but two of the Jedi council, all, all but three of which are original are all, but um, yeah, all but three of which are original characters uh, that I've, that I've created. Others are like sort of alluded descendants before that were alluded or descendants of characters that were alluded to before Disney took over and declared um, the expanded universe legends, right? Air quotes. Um, on the the front of the story stuff like being better than the sequels i think it's like it comes to the factionalism and the interconnectedness because mm -hmm. i love factions factions are the core to any conflict and i think i learned that in my professional life from history so 
with Star Wars, when you have a, you've got everything that can be contained in the force, you have all the politics, you have all the organizations that are neither Republic, Empire, Jedi, or Sith, which act, which probably grossly outnumber uh, all the, like those, those other four organizations, right? You've got the Huts, you've got the Mandos, you've got Sanx Juvex, you've got like no nobility, you've got Mandos, you know? Like the Mandalorians have probably been like the pro the main like they were the secondary antagonist in the second in the first in episode one, which probably which that can't that lasted about thirteen months, and then episode two, which is ongoing at the moment, the they're the Mandalorians are probably like the main and the main through quaternary uh, antagonists because there's mm -hmm. so many you guys like you the Mandalorian threat was sort of amplified amplified and emblemized in one character for so yeah. long but you guys have learned in like the last two sessions alone there's like five or six mandalorian factions that are like vying for control of the mandalorian empire and you guys have sort of are with the triumvirate and they trust you and you guys are really trusted by all these people even though you're in this constant sort of feud with the jedi council you know and it's it's something that you got to really show off with star wars especially you know, you know what? You know who we are, Matt. We are Sam Jackson and Dwayne Johnson in the other guys. We really are because we the, the amount of thought that they put into jumping off that building <laughs> is, is the amount of thought we put in to, to jumping into fights. That's essentially like, <sighs> yeah. I'm surprised like one of you hasn't just said fuck it and tried to jump out of a tower, or, like smash the glass and then just try to use the force to survive the fall. Well, I, I mean, I, now that I think about it, I jumped from one ship to another. Um, That's right. I probably shouldn't have even survived, but I, you know, that was a game. I'm also new to, I've never played a, a tabletop RPG before, before this. So sometimes I do things that like probably, probably, uh, Kind of dangerous for the character to be doing. Um, well, it's funny you bring up that that event where you where you jump from ship to ship because that is the only time I adapted something from the books. Um, any or I actually you guys actually did any one book from like adventures because they put out like I think like seven or eight adventures for each of the, the three subsystems of the Fantasy Flight um, Star Wars because there's Age of Rebellion, Edge of the Empire, and our game is a Force and Destiny campaign. When I adapted Friends Like These, for anyone who's played it, uh, like they were at Foundry Four, they were the the Mandal. It was the Mandalorians attacking, not the Empire. Just I just sort of changed that around. But otherwise, the, the it was the same. And when they were attacking, like I think he just oh, it wasn't even a thought. Like you just didn't know what to do. The guns weren't working, so you just jumped out of the ship like Kilo drop Star Trek -like style like JJ Abrams and you just like started attacking their ship with your lightsaber and then you jumped back because the force. Yeah. And you guys weren't even Jedi Knights yet. You were still Padawans. You were Padawan errant. Yeah. We've been lucky with dice rolls generally, even though like we've been, we, we, we've gotten messed up in fights, you know, we've gotten out of them and we've managed to, you know, have some good rolls when we needed them. So this is really the, the, the first tabletop RPG I, I've ever played. Uh, I wanted to like try D&D &D or something like that before, but um, the people I knew, and I've never really had that big a circle of friends, uh, and the people I knew uh, didn't play it. So the only way I could have really started was to like, you know, I I, I, I suppose you can try with like a, a meetup group or like you, you found groups on Reddit and stuff, right? Sam? Yeah, I found a, yeah. I found a few stuff for you on Reddit. But I felt like I, I'm going to feel kind of awkward playing with a bunch of people I don't know and 
I'm still like learning how to even play this game. So, um, it, you know, when Sam said he was going to run um, the Star Wars campaign, I mean, aside from the fact that it's Star Wars, which everybody who listens to this podcast knows I love, I'm like, yes, this is this is the opportunity I've been waiting for um, because it's going to be much easier for me to learn the system if I'm like comfortable with the people I'm playing with. Um, so, yeah, uh, the game has been awesome. Well, it's cool you say that because like I got into my first game was in like it was on a Wednesday in April of 2017. I still remember, you know, my my DM uh, Dimitri. He was running that he ran. He was running like uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal and Five E. I remember Jared and Chris, who were like two of my like two of my favorite fellow players, who were two of my first players in the first campaign I ever ran. Um, and I found out like maybe I don't know eighteen months ago when I was congratulating my buddy Chris from high school, who's like seven or five or six months younger than I am, but he had a kid already, married with a kid already. Um, uh, but like. And I found out like, oh, I'm going to be, he's going to be running like this one shot. And he got into D&D the exact same way I did in a white room. And we hadn't been talking regularly. We didn't talk about D&D. Well, those rare times we did talk. And he got into it the exact same way. And for the exact same reason, he'd always wanted to try it. And I grew up like my older cousin, the only boy cousin I have older than me, he did play RPGs. We aren't super close, but he did play D&D. And I found out years down the line that like, I wasn't brought into it with him for no other reason that they thought I wouldn't like it. Cause I was a sports kid. I wasn't a nerd. I was it, like a big into sports, which be, seeing me now and seeing how I am now, a lot of people don't seem to, to know. And, and that is until I, I start doing deadlifts. Uh, <laughs> like I think with RPGs, like you gotta, it's uh, so much about timing and it's not just about scheduling, right? It's about like mm -hmm. kismet. It has to sort of like the stars have to align. Um, like, I think it took like, I, I'd say a good, like four or five months for time to hit a groove of playing with us. Cause it was just like, yeah, you know, I, I think everybody has their own learning curves. Yeah. And it's something, and it's something sort of, I've learned that like, obviously we're, you're, we're friends. We're better. I think we're better friends than Kaim is with a lot of the other group I played with that we, that I ran for. And I think any issues come from the fact that it's a little hard to mesh friend groups. Like I'm yeah. different with you guys than I am with, you know, David, Andrew and Jason and Alexi and Trevor. And I'm different. Hey guys, my university friends. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's all, so, it's all so much kismet, you know, like mm -hmm. I as have learned, like, don't, if you, if you can, if you talk a lot and you get along, like that's one thing, but like, otherwise don't mix friend groups, <laughs> like don't mix your friend groups, people. Because for no, yeah. not for any like bad reason, just because like, you know, it'll be smoother the in with by not doing it. And you need uh, I've like I did that all my life where I would introduce people and they would get along better than I would with either of them, and they would just become friends and go. Um, and and that was it was weird because they would be thankful to me, uh, yet at the same time it was kind of like what the fuck guys. Uh, but it was, it was always, it was always a good, good fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. RPGs are like one of those things where it's like, it's, I, I know now they will always be in my life because oh, yeah. I think I've learned that like, if I had had this in high school when I was a kid or junior high, like all my, my public speaking things that D and D helped me get over all of my social anxieties that like, you know, narcotics and like chemical 
pharmaceuticals couldn't solve like we're solved after like a month and a half of playing D and D regularly or of playing it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the best. I am. I was the best public speaker in my class at York when I graduated from history best, like because of D and D, you know? Yeah. I could, I could picture that. And I, I would, I could picture that for myself. If I had it, if I had a, if they gamified force interactions for me, I would have, if I had like experience ordering at McDonald's, uh, in a game, I would have probably had an easier time in real life doing it when my dad forced me to. That's yes. how much I hated talking to people when I was like younger than ten. The anxiety is real. Yeah. Yeah. No, I still get. I I still get anxious. Um, talking to people. This from somebody who like wants to be te- pursuing a, a career in teaching, but like <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's um yeah I I find it anxiety inducing um especially when I have to like you know, interact with, with people I've just met. Um, and of course it's easier. Like if it's on, like, like, um, like I've done like speed dating at like cons at like, um, how is that? Honestly, it's, it's, it's better than it would be if you were just doing speed dating at like some random event, because you know, everybody there is also into, you know, some element of nerd culture. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it creates a little bit less anxiety, but, yeah, I mean, so my point was, if I know that like we share similar interests, or I'm talking about something that I know, like that I'm sure I know very well, then it's 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 easier um, to, to 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 talk to new people. But if I had to like get up in front of people and talk on a subject that I knew nothing about and I didn't know anybody, uh, I'd be very nervous. Yeah, pointing also in the column of this system specifically. Um, before we move on to another topic, or maybe kind of. I, I was going to say. I was going to say. Um, it's I gotta say, when you have a weekly session where you're talking to people and uh, there is a chance that they and the room full of people that you're in will just open fire on you. Yeah, there's a lot more tension in that sort of speaking, which kind of tones down the volume on speaking to people in real life when you know they're not gonna tell everybody to start attacking you. Yeah. So it's kind of like, Oh, you get practice talking when the stakes are high so that when the stakes are low, yeah. like ordering food or complaining about yeah. my meal to a waitress, this is nothing. And yeah. that's so it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I can, it, I mean, it's like, just fun. Like strength, like, so, so the, the strength of the, the everything about this game, like about the system, uh, Star Wars is so much more, less one note than D&D is often, especially 5e. Ooh. You got, if Matt had come in on, if you had come in on 5e, Matt, you would have been about minis, perhaps maybe, or what the character looks like, or the battle map, or because it's also physical and numbers and crunchy. 5e is like so rules light compared to other systems of D&D. It's still crunchy, or it's still like crunchy in an only a numbers way. Like Star Wars, what we play is pretty crunchy. It's a lot of, there's a lot of rules sometimes. Yeah. it's all the number like success and failure is super abstracted. There's no battle maps. It's all theater of the mind. It's all about being cinematic over like how it fe- and how it feels and less about, you know, a numbers win. Right. Like, and there's so much more randomness in the game as well that like, this has sort of been the perfect system. And I think it sort of has will allow for stepping into other systems where it's a lot 
it can be a lot different, you know, like I have no doubt one day I would run, I will run 5e again for Kaim and you, Matt, and I would probably run Cypher and all these other systems that I plan on doing. And, you know, but Star Wars, Fantasy Flight Star Wars has been a great sort of. You know, I will say um, now that I know the terminology, it's called uh, pink noise. Whereas white noise is one sort of uh, randomness that's inserted into games by messing up with the way, like the hand you're dealt would be a concept of white noise, randomness at the start of the game. Whereas Plinko would be randomness at the result of what you do. So I think there's a good, like a good balance of that is called pink noise in games and in game development. And I think that's what we really get here is because our dis like we really do get to make decisions that have lingering um, effects on, on the story, but there's also certain things that um, kind of nudge us around as well. Like there's enough walls in the game that we're not just sort of um, God-moding it. So it's there's, there's a good balance there. Yeah, and I think I mean, be, because of the pandemic and because we had to play um, online, we were using Roll20, uh, which means mm -hmm. you didn't even have to like, like it does, you, you roll the dice and it, it, it kind of balances everything out you know, calculate the results for yes, you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of the term. It calculates the results for you. So that made getting into this and starting this much easier as well. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. like six different, there's only six different results you can get on Dyson Star Wars in this fantasy flight system. It's a lot of canceling out and sort of you, interpret, you can interpret, you interpret the results unless you're in like, unless you're making an attack, there was all the results are always up for interpretation um, by the, by the GM or by the players. Uh, and then also, like you talk about God mode, Kaim. I wow, I'm really surprised we're talking about this this so much, and I like it. Uh, you talk about God mode, Kaim, with Star Wars, especially in Force and Destiny, where Force and Destiny is the um, the base assumption is that you are fledgling Force users, like within like a couple of years after the Battle of Yavin, right? But like it's between the events of A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, so. That's when the game is supposed to start. That's when the system, all three systems are supposed to start. Us starting it here and you guys are Padawans, there is built-in rank. There's a mm -hmm. built-in knowledge that something bad may happen. Not like, no, it's not a discouragement. It's not to discourage you, but something bad may happen to you if you like don't know your place, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, and I think that was built in. And now you guys are in a position where, okay, there's pushback we have an idea of what the consequences are going to be. And that's sort of allowing you guys to sort of flex a little bit against the restraints of the, the social restraints within the confines of the game world, because mm -hmm. I have to do a very good job of portraying like legends, star Wars in the legacy era without all the cyberpunk and edge that the legacy era comics like Kate Skywalker were and such were so well known for. I will say that that's Sam's way of saying that Matt's character really has some big lightsaber energy that he is swinging around in the game, and he is he is yeah. walking around like a boss. Literally, like I think well, he thinks every, he's a boss. I think at I least mean, we'll once see how session. that worked out for him. Yeah, I think like at least once a session, like this, like older woman uh who's like you know she's got kids her husband's been dead for 20 years she like you know she flirts with with mo's character then the following session that won't happen but then someone will ask viz to run for public office to to be senator for nusilla 
Like it happens a fair amount that like you guys are well known enough. You guys are more well known than Luke was at the end of like episode six in like Legends Universe. Uh, yeah, like it's 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 all you are so well known in the galaxy that everything matters or none of it does. Um, and speaking of uh, the game, uh, why don't we talk about? Because uh, we, we always say we're going to talk about this on the podcast. Um, it's kind of like a discussion of morality in Star Wars, but it's more about a discussion of morality in this Star Wars game. Um, yes. Kai, what is it that... Give me something that, you, that you've been wondering about. Okay. And would that make your character a bad guy? So, listeners, listeners, here is my... Wait, I feel like I'm being, like, ambushed right now. No, why? I'm sorry. If, any, if I thought I was ambushing anybody, I thought I was ambushing Kai. You know, <laughs> no, it's, just, you guys are colluding against me. and We're not, because I think you and I share the same view on this, that we both disagree with Kai. But we'll, okay. let's see. Yeah. But I'm curious what our listeners think, because my character is a Jedi. Um, he is, um, what is it? Uh, what's the phrase? Uh there's traditional, there's conservative, reformed. He's reformed Jedi. Um, he is it's traditional, conservative, and reformed. He is a reformed Jedi, and he believes that he, he likes to end fights through just showing a power difference, or he likes to end the fight without killing people because one of the greatest nemesis in the previous campaign became an ally in the new one because he believed that he could reach... Uh, this he can reach through the dark side and pull him into the light. I'm a huge ner Naruto nerd. Believe it. Um, so uh, my character has that and would rather not, um, you know, not that it ever happened, but cut off the top of a character's head who wanted to die by mistake. So wait, I no, believe I thought, that I thought Liz did that. Yeah, no, that was, was the joke. No, that was Mo. Mo killed Luko. No, no, I, I okay. He didn't kill him. He had his lightsaber out, and he the other dude just decided to run through it. That's yeah. not killing. That's no, he didn't run through it. What happened was he was like you guys had him prisoner, or he was already prisoner, and you like walked him away and were trying to convince his fellow prisoners that he was being tortured. And he's like, no, no, let me go. He break. You have your lightsaber out, Mo. He breaks out. You try to like essentially. You tried to do non-lethal damage, and you rolled, I think, like, double despair. And so, like, yeah, you just cut part of his head off. Like, he's, well, actually, he was, like, twitching for about, like, five minutes and, like, trying to breathe, and then he died. CGMs, this is the type of detail you need to add to make your characters really uh, feel the weight of their actions. Uh, so, regardless, to avoid moments like that again, my character decided he wanted to learn the force power of bind, which is basically what Darth Vader uses to choke out people in all of the later movies. Can I just say that the, that the fact that you have to describe that force power as is as what Darth Vader uses to choke the life out of people already tells you all you need to know about using this power on people. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree because just because that is the only I disagree. That is because it is the most colloquial use of that power. 
which isn't to say which isn't to say other jedi haven't used that power for good in other mediums we've just never seen it used as publicly as the force choke which i think is what has a negative connotation online but i'm saying if somebody takes a swing at me and i can just sit them down um or i can stop that punch and then use influence to tell them to sit down and behave isn't that a better way a more moral way to to start a fight than to have him punch into my lightsaber well, if you're using bind, because in, in the confines of the game, there are multiple ways to use bind. Like you can, the base, the base power, it, the, it, uh, it is designed to immobilize at its base power. However, all but two upgrades deal damage when you use it, or if you so choose. So, ah, if you so choose. Yes. Yes. So points in your column. However, you are still putting out the energy into the un- this is the force right when you're putting out that kind of energy into the universe it doesn't matter what your intention it's just about actions right if you're like oh this is it's this is right up there with like the soldier saying but i was just following orders no your intention was to follow orders your actions were villainous no they were not because if my action is to stop somebody from striking someone else I know you know what you're doing. We've prepared what? our arguments for the original reason you said you got bind, which was so you could grab someone and throw them onto another person's lightsaber. That's what you told us. Yeah, I was I'm thinking saying I that, that was one it. possibility. But I was thinking because what Kai's saying here, I don't think was the original question. Um, it was definitely okay. Yeah, it was definitely darker. Right. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. What I really wanted to do was one of those cool Jeet Kune Do kicks to like knock somebody off balance. Um, like something Bruce Lee would do to like quickly just knock somebody's knee the other way and have them trip and fall up. But then maybe have do that and have them fall onto my lightsaber. That was the original cool thing. When Sam said that's a no-no, because I wanted to do that with just bind. I just wanted to shove their, their knee, knock it out from behind them or whatever, just have them fall on something. That was kind of the the idea, just knocking them off balance. Sam said that's an immoral way, use of the force. Rather than drawing out a conflict and doing all that, if I could just end a fight with one quick force move, I think that would be more moral than dragging out an entire conflict. That's what I'm saying. I still feel like this wasn't the original phrasing of the question. No, he's changed his phrasing. He's like adjusted it because he knows. Because I'm like, I'm like, I kind of agree with what Kai's saying now, and I'm like, wait, but when he originally asked this, I did not agree with what he because was I've had, I was, he wanted to be able to throw people onto his lightsaber. Okay, <laughs> pulling people onto my lightsaber is a completely different thing. As a Jedi, you are not your only purpose is to defend. You are not the attacker. That's why the whole Jedi idea of the Jedi general is a is itself like a uh, what's a paradox. Uh, a paradox. Thank you. So wait, is is that is 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 that why Obi Wan chose to let his friend like suffer as he burned to death on the on the banks of Mustafar instead of just putting him out of his misery? No, because right. that was the only absolute he dealt in. That all Siths are evil and deserve to die. And if he's turned, then he's, he's turned. Why? Yeah, no, no. But my point is, Anakin's like dying. He's like on fire, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan's just standing there watching it. Yeah. 
I think because with that, he thought he was dead. He thought yeah. he would die. But he like he couldn't. Yeah, put, why does he leave? I think, I think because I think because if you like reading into Obi Wan, like you can. Wow, we're talking about Star Wars again. I think reading into Obi Wan, you're like he could. He didn't have the strength to kill his brother. It was a moral. Yeah, it was basically an immoral and emotional strength. Like he right, couldn't. No, he couldn't no, drop the hammer. He couldn't do the deed, but he could let it happen. I well, I guess that's that's kind of what I was saying because like. A if you're saying a Jedi is really only supposed to defend and not attack, it would kind of be against at least Obi-Wan's interpretation of the Jedi code to kill Anakin when he's already, when he's defenseless, whereas he can just, I guess, let the force, put his trust in the force to... Now, yeah, and that's the thing. Now, here's the other thing. If we're talking about legacy era, then Jedi texts have evolved since then. Jedi practices have evolved since then. And who's to say that the new Jedi find the power of bind to be immoral and therefore on the dark side of the Force? But just, even if the Jedi no longer saw it that way, that doesn't necessarily mean that objectively that's true. I mean, People will think what we want them to think, Viz. We are Mo and Viz. We are celebrities. If we want to kick somebody's foot out from in front of them and have them trip face one of our lightsabers, then that's a good thing because we're doing it. Since we're out of game, oh, I can say this. Oh, I see. We're the arbiters. I, I, I didn't realize that we're the arbiters of what's right and wrong in this universe. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I, I do not know who I talked to. I think, you know what? One of our earliest episodes, we discussed this almost a year ago, probably. It's about internal logical consistency. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. When it comes to Star Wars, especially when, if we, let's, let's look at, I think for the purposes of this discussion, let's take the prequel trilogy as a white room creation, right? There is nothing before or after mm -hmm. or during. There's no Clone Wars show. There's no Jenny, Jenny Dartovsky. There's no Jenny Dartovsky. There's no Tartakovsky. Um, there's no sequels. There's no original series. Within that, what Obi-Wan did, back as that example, was immoral. But the point of it was in you that... Mean Anakin, you mean Anakin letting yeah. Anakin burn and suffer? Letting, like Anakin, letting Anakin suffer because he can essentially become aware, or maybe we take the originals and the prequels together, actually, for the purposes of my argument. I'll just but change it. You're also saying, you're if also it, saying you're, you have to acknowledge that you are reading morality into his actions. Yes. Yes. Because I'm, I'm reading morality into his reaction because initially he's like, Anakin's going to die. I know he, in his own mind, Obi-Wan believes that. Does he really believe that? Or does he hope he lives? Or is it just the case of he thinks he's, he's, he convinces himself he's going to die because he can't bring himself to kill him. But later on, if you really take the Alec Guinness performance with that, with as you say that you say that as one Obi-Wan Kenobi, you can take that as Ben Kenobi. All he was doing was to make up for his mistake of not killing Darth Vader or simply allowing himself to die. Because if he had died, Anakin likely would have attempted to kill the emperor or he would have died in which case the emperor wouldn't have had the enforcer he needed to take power as swiftly as he did and kill all the jedi or the reverse of that is if he had killed anakin not only would the same thing would have happened but 
Anakin wouldn't have gone through that suffering and all that, and that constant state of pain he's in when he is in the Darth Vader suit that essentially turns him like his, uh, his, uh, his suit into a mosh pit of exponentially worsening evil for like 20 years before the events of a new hope or empire strikes back. I will somewhat agree with that last proposition. And I think that it's also possible to read into the events that Obi-Wan left him alive because he felt that was what the force wanted and that it was the force's decision, his faith in the force to make the decision whether he lives or dies uh, was contingent on whether or not he would be, um, it would bring balance to the force. Because if Luke was alive, uh, sorry, if rather if uh, Vader wasn't alive and Luke went to face uh, the the Empire and eventually, who, who would he face? Would he be able to pass his final trial against Darth Vader and, and the, or would he be able to, uh, faced his final trial if the Sith apprentice wasn't his father. Would well, he this, would he have struck him down? This raises another kind of plot hole. In in Return of the Jedi, it, you know, Obi-Wan Obi-Wan and Yoda both think that Vader can't be saved. Luke is gonna have to kill Vader and Luke is gonna have to kill the Emperor. How did they think Luke was going to kill the Emperor? With the force, that if he was Lucas able to had overcome, like a year, Lucas Lucas had like a cup like a year of training. He, he doesn't seem that 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 irrelevant. How's he going to kill the emperor? Yeah, I okay. I think it's it's one of those situations where it's just the force. I think as well. Like you can maybe you can look at you can look a little to um, Freddie Prince Jr.'s argument he makes. Like it's about the two and two. It's about it's about the equality of it all. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but I kind of think that 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 Yoda and, and Bennett by this point have given up on the idea of this chosen one prophecy and bringing balance to the Force. I mean, they must if they think that Vader can't be saved. Yeah. So I, that's that's one thing that's always puzzled me is is they're they would be surprised that that Vader saves Luke in the end. So I don't really know how they expected this this final battle to go in their favor. To go in the well, favor. maybe that's why they're force ghosts and not one with the force, because they still have something to learn about mercy and about redemption. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's move on. They are bringing back that 90s X-Men cartoon. Um, what do you mean bringing it back? Like, 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 they're continuing the story. They're bringing back Ew. the same voices. You guys didn't like that '90s X-Men cartoon, man. I remember watching that when I was. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it ended. I watched it's X -Men up from there. It's going to continue on. So I watched well, growing up. I watched two X-Men shows: X-Men Evolution and Wolverine and the X-Men. Both of which got canceled before they were they before they got well. X-Men Evolution got a really great season finale after the battle after Age of an Age of Apocalypse storyline. Um, Wolverine, the cool. yeah. Wolverine and the X-Men never got resolution. It ended after like two seasons when it could have had like six or seven. That was the plan anyway. Steve Bloom as Wolverine as the, he was phenomenal. Steve Bloom, also the voice of the dub of of uh, Be Cowboy Bebop, the main guy of uh, Spike's oh. Beagle. Um, he's also the voice of Amon in Legend of Korra in the first season. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, that is what I am. Uh, uh, shit, I can't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> X Men cartoons. I'm sorry, you cracked me up because I just remembered this um, pilot that I watched on YouTube of the very first ever X Men cartoon animated series, and um, it's overwhelmingly terrible. Uh, it was before the '90s one, Matt. And it was, do you guys, you guys remember that awesome X-Men arcade game where it was like eight players and it was never been to an arcade and played anything other than a shooting game. So, wow. Okay. Well, there used to be, it had an Xbox like every other millennial. Yeah. Sam, back in the day when there was arcade machines, somebody produced this amazing X-Men game that was two screens wide and you had eight players at the same time, possibly, and you had a choice from Colossus, uh, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Storm, Cyclops, Dazzler. Frick, why can't I remember the next two? I think there was two more. Can't remember who, uh, but it was all awesome. And you got to play eight players at the same time, fighting Sentinels, fighting the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And it was great. You fought uh, Pyro. Um, Blob, Mystique, White Queen, for some reason, and Magneto eventually, and um, Earthquake, or the Avalanche, or whatever his name was. And that, car that, that video game got used as a template for a cartoon, but the guy doing Wolverine's voice decided to go Australian for some reason. And the whole time, he's just talking like this. And he's like all Australian and stuff. And he's, it's so, it's so ridiculous, but it's funny as hell. And which brings me to the nineties one, Matt, I do like, I did like it, but, and, and I loved how they used the original source material as right. Uh, as the, as a template for the story. Like we got an awesome version of days of the future past. We got an awesome version of the Phoenix. Saga, I which, mean, I remember that. I remember those Phoenix episodes, like, Vivid. That was a big deal. Uh, like, and I remember when I remember the first time I ever saw that. It was I was at a friend's place in I think Windsor or Kitchener. We were staying with some family friends, and they had cable, and we were watching the X Men. And then there was that promo for like next week, the Phoenix Saga. And this older dude that I that like this place was was like this. He was like a teenager at the time, back in the nineties. So he had probably read the Phoenix Saga. He freaked out. And I'm just like, what's the Phoenix Saga? And he's like, dude, you don't know? And he's like, this is going to be awesome. And um, years later, when I eventually watched it, I'm like, wow, that was pretty good. I mean, faithful rendition of what happened. And it was, it was a good show, but it just ended so terribly. And I kind of wish they would give a new iteration of the X-Men a chance. Like, I would like to see, um, what was it? Frank Quietly and... and uh, and Grant Morrison's version of X-Men, new X-Men. I'd like to see that get animated. Oh, and have either of you watched the X-Men anime? That's no. on Netflix, no. six episodes. No. It is so... It, how are, okay, here's my thing. You know what? We should talk about this. We shouldn't talk what? about that. We shouldn't talk about X-Men. We should talk about the fact that Kai will watch anything so long as it's anime. <laughs> I, I'm very fascinated Everyone by... Everyone supposed to begin. <laughs> oh god okay but i was gonna say the x-men animated series really shows 
Like if you know the X-Men series and you know those characters, you really get to see the anime stand out in in that show. It's a fun show. Um, there's there's a lot of screaming and powering up for no reason. Surprisingly, not as much as I thought there would be. There's there's uh, not a lot. Cyclops does a bit of that because obviously, uh, and Wolverine does his snarls and his berserk mode, kind of like he goes Shinji on a couple of characters. Fucking big ass, like what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, big ass Attack on Titan eyes, like yeah. <sighs> like nicked. I, I loved. I love. I I will say I was a sucker for the art and animation and design of that. You're a for everything, like. I'm I'm a mark for anime. What can I say? You know, uh, you, you know what what it is to give some to give something your stamp of approval, guys. Mm. You know, like you're kind of a stamp tramp. He just he just approves of everything. I I you didn't know? I didn't say I approved of it. I, there's there are things that aren't great with it, and it's not the best representation of anime or the X Men. I'm saying it was a fun series. Here's the thing. I'm right. the reason I will the reason I'm comfortable giving like a thumbs up so easily is because I really don't take it that seriously. Like, I'm not going to be that freaking critical of it. It was an anime. Like, Yusuke on Netflix. So many people were disappointed about what that show could have been. And, yeah. I'm, yeah. and I'm just there sitting there like, what were you all expecting? What, what were you expecting? Come on, people. Have some reasonable expectations. But go on. Roast away. Okay. So I'm gonna. This is not really a roast. This is more. How much of One Piece have you watched? Have you read all of One Piece as well, or I have never read a page of One Piece. But you're how far into the show are you? I have watched, with the exception of certain um, OAV uh, specials, which stands for Original Anime Video, like one-offs, basically. With the exception of a handful of those and some crossovers, I have watched pretty much every. Uh, animated frame of One Piece. Well, at least one. Basically. I'm caught up. I'm caught up. We're two episodes away from 1,000, baby. Woo! Jesus Christ. You are a mental patient. Okay, let's continue with the roast. This okay. is not really a Actually, roast. Actually, before you begin, I will say you're not totally wrong because I am a glutton for long-ass epic-type shows. The longer that that show has been around, uh, with the exception of Doctor Who, just don't give a shit. Um, Why? But, what? Okay, you'll get to that after. Many, as one of many teenage, uh, formerly teenage boys who only got into Doctor Who because the cute nerd girl, it was the cute nerd girl's favorite show. It's a good fucking show, and I'm not just talking like Eccleston to present. I'm talking like older. I'm shit sure too. it is. Shout out Tom McQueen, who was born on the same day I was in 1996. From the UK, we were we were at the same school from second to fourth grade. We always had our birthdays together. Um, he loved mango. That's pretty much where my memory of him ends because he left when he was eleven. <laughs> like he loved, uh, 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 he loved Doctor Who. Like we'd watch whenever I was over at his house. We'd always watch like old Doctor Who from like the sixties and the seventies, and it was so good because it's like pulpy and it doesn't take itself seriously at all, but it still has mo its moments. And like Doctor Who is great, but my second question. Mm. I have Point a feeling two. it's going to be why. Yes. By the way, two. Matt, I got to say this is a very interesting nerve we've struck on Sam about Doctor Who. 
I, I've never watched Doctor Who, so I can't really. I've it. never been a hooligan. I have never. Uh, Whovian, you fucking, you fucking peasant. Uh, I actually Whovian. wanted to see what I actually just want. I did that to see what, um, what your reaction would be. I have been told that before, and I still think mine is better. Hooligans is much better than Whovian. You know it is. Well, because no, because in Britain, in the UK, like hooligan has other connotations, right? Oh, but, like what? Soccer hooligan, football hooligan. Exactly. Here's my question. Um, has has the quality of One Piece not like degraded? No. Over, over the years? Animation-wise and um and, more story-wise. The thing is, okay, one of the things I will say about One Piece is epically long story structure is that it becomes exponential like each each reveal has an exponential quality to it in that there is um there are so many different plot lines going on throughout the series of the show and so many characters on the board uh that you can only focus on a small amount at the same time it really is an ensemble cast show um, it's, I think it's that because we're, it's in a plot web, when one element happens, it has ripple effects that go into different plot points that, that touch on different plot points. And I think it's the whole, it was the first few seasons is just setting up those plot points and how they sort of come and play, play a role later on. I agree. I believe you. Because the first episode is so fucking... I watched it. I watched the whole thing. I was like halfway through, I think. This is months ago. And I texted you, Kaim. And then you were like, just keep watching. And I was like, just finish the first episode at least for me. And I was like, okay, I'll finish it. And like, I think I, it was like, literally, I I put down my phone. I pressed play. And like 30 seconds later, I was paused and texted Kaim again. Because it's it's like the first episode alone is so fucking stupid. That like... God, it's so picaresque too because Luffy is not likable. Like not at all. And like for me, I understand like watching that, but there wasn't anyone who was likable that I could find. That also wasn't yeah. like, there's the one likable character. It's always like an Armin Arlert or like his blonde friend in like the first couple in that first episode, or who ends up becoming like his friend who's like a, a cook boy or a I don't know, a, a doc a deck boy or whatever. Oh yeah, no, yeah, Armin yeah. yeah. Attack on Titan though. Yeah, but I'm talking about he's like Armin. He's like, oh, a character, okay. like Armin. Yeah, yeah, the, the nerdy kid with the bowl cut and the glasses. Sure, yeah, it's like someone who can be, who probably could be very likable. Who's more, who's a, who, who's more realistic than the hero is. The hero. Yeah. Is, uh, I will say, but, but, but Sorry. they are always so meek and quiet. Like it's, it's, it's funny that anime cult or anime in general like overvalues overconfidence. Probably just the intention of smashing them down and knocking them down a peg somewhere down the line, or because like Ash Ketchum, they can never be champion. Or actually, Ash Ketchum just became champion finally after twenty years. So yeah, um, uh, that and again, that's that's an element of the shonen genre. I have a hard time saying like if if it's that ensemble though is is One Piece really shonen? Yes, because it still focuses because that all the on like even as an ensemble, every character has some degree of connection to the main character. How old is Luffy in the start of the show? 
I believe he is, I want to say he's like 14, maybe. Jesus, I was, oh, fucking hell. Does okay. he age? Yes. Now, before we get into the, the minutia of the plot line, I want to say... Minutia? A story is the plot. No, I'm saying before we get into the minutia of the plot points is what I meant. Uh, I want to say just in a, in a broader metascope, um, the reason I got into Shonen was because one Comic-Con, I kept seeing those Naruto headbands everywhere. And I'm like, what is up with these headbands? This is back before the show was like, it had just returned. It was like the new, it was basically, there is a trope in uh, Shonen anime, which is called the time jump. And it is a way to basically fast forward the plot line and power up all the characters and change the setting to a degree. It's basically just you know the the in mmorpgs the grind it's basically taking out the grind you're basically just canceling that out so that's a shonen time jump naruto had that as well i think i was just like seeing all these headbands around when that they were just getting into that so i was just like okay and i've been hearing about this for years i'm just like what is this so i finally looked up the wiki i started looking like how do i watch this when do i watch it where do i watch it i started watching it and I just kind of slowly got sucked into it because I had to know what is it that these so many fans are into? What is it that these anime nerds are loving so much about this? Why aren't they watching Ninja Scroll? Why aren't they watching uh, Satoshi Khan stuff? Why aren't they watching all these other pretentious animes? And I started getting into it and I'm just like, oh, and now I'm one of those weebs who has like a Naruto saved me mug. And same thing happened with One Piece because once you get into one, you get all these advertisements for the other. And I want to see, okay, what's this One Piece thing about? And why are people saying that it's going to overshadow Naruto eventually? 500 episodes plus later, yeah, it overshadows Naruto in terms of its volume. And it's, it's kind of, that's, that's basically why I got into it. Yeah. Okay. Is it the same author, like, still writing the manga? Yep. Dude just wow. goes by the name Oda. That's kind of impressive. How old is Monkey at the start? I think he's 14. How old is he now? 16. Jesus Christ. They did a two-year time jump, that's why. So, 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 the only aging he's what? done in a thousand episodes was done off screen. What? Yes. <laughs> 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 Listeners, I wish you were viewers because seeing Sam react was precious. His, his, oh. in, the incredulous look on his face. <laughs> okay. Oh, recovering, recovering, recovering. Okay, Matt, your turn. Okay, yeah, you go, Matt. You, Matt, you ask the next question. My, my, I, I got my question answered. It was just okay. a plot. What is One Piece? The One Piece. We don't know. It's a treasure. All we know is it's a MacGuffin. It is the treasure that the first King of the Pirates found and left for the next King of the Pirates to find. We do not know what the treasure is, but whoever possesses it is the King of Pirates and, quote unquote, has the power to change the world. It's a MacGuffin, fine. I understand that. What? Here's my question. This is actually a pretty, this might be an interesting question to answer, actually, for you, Karen. Mm. 
and for us, for Matt and I to hear. Is it at all theoretical? Are you on a for- are you on forums at all? Are you like talking to other fans of One Piece at all about it? Because my question is, do people think that in the world or just for the viewers that the the One Piece, whatever it is itself, doesn't grant a, a, a pirate the right to be the king of the pirates? What it does is it's like the journey towards getting the one piece makes them worthy of becoming king of the pirates. I believe that's what Luffy believes. The latter. The character Luffy believes the latter. He okay. believes that, which is why in one of the movies, he literally just crunched, like he just crushed in his hand a compass that would have led him right to it. And he says, I don't want to be given the answers. I want to earn them. But he's not, okay. Did he earn the compass? No, because it was the he like if he gets a compass that leads him there, he wants it to be his own creation. He wants to have earned that compass and make it himself. But did he like the first like the first king of the pirates had to? Did he earn the compass, like the compass itself? How did he come across the compass? How did he get the compass? It was during some sort of a three-way battle between the world he government, some other pirates, and his crew. But he won it fair and square. No, it ended up in his possession. Hmm. That's all I can say about it. That, that That's the best way to make sense of it. Like, is One Piece, so seeing as how One Piece is, you characterize One Piece as a shonen show, um, is there a lot of, are there a lot of fights? How do the fights proceed? I mean, are there power levels, people powering yep. up? What, what, yeah, all so that. I, I thought it was a very clever just, way to do all, it. Is it. It isn't all just buckling swashes? No. Um, and, it's weird. The pirating is very weird in this show, but I will say in regards to power levels, I thought it was a very interesting narrative way that they express it. And that is through uh, wanted posters. So the bigger the bounty on you, the more powerful you are in that world. That's my way of interpreting it. So, you know, at the very beginning, at the, after the very first mission that Luffy and his, his uh, crewmates, like two or three crewmates go on, his bounty is at like 1 million. And then like, a few more seasons down the line, his bounty is at like 20 million. And then as it goes on, his power just keeps increasing and increasing. So his bounty just goes higher and higher because he's disrupting more and more in the world. The more powerful you are, the more you can disrupt in the world. The world government doesn't like that. So the bounty gets bigger. But how do battles proceed? How are battles fought? Like, are there sw- do they buckle swashes? Are there swords? Are there right. guns? Are there cannons and ships? Right. And- oh. It is a pirate show. There are ships that, um, okay. It is listed as a pirate fantasy show because of a, it is listed as a pirate fantasy show, but ultimately One Piece is literally the ultimate uh, terminology that I've, I've believe I've dubbed. Um, science fantasy fantasy show it's a sci-fam anything can happen in this world there are pirates who have um guns and swords like muskets and swords and cannons there is a uh and some of them have uh spiritual powers um that they can basically reinf there's this power called hockey and there's chocolate vanilla and strawberry you know chocolate is Wait, what? Okay, it's just an hour called hockey, or is it hacky? 
It's H A K I. Hockey. 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 So hockey. there's physical hockey, which is like they can make your skin iron and then penetrable. There is uh, mental hockey, or sorry, yeah, there's like uh, mental hockey, which is like the force. It's awareness all around you. So you can basically like uh, dodge attacks and stuff like that. And then there's a third and very rare uh, version of it is called Conqueror's Hockey, which is like a psychic attack. And you can basically just knock out low level opponents with just sort of your mental presence. So that is the fundamental fighting force that is available to anyone who works on developing it. Then there are things called devil fruits. We No one knows where devil fruits come from. All that we're, all that's known is that when you eat a devil fruit, the person gains a quality of that power. So Luffy ate the rubber fruit, so he becomes a rubber man. Other characters have eaten like the fire fruit, and then they become made of flame. His brother ate that one, um, or his half brother. Spoiler alert! I think that's like episode five hundred. So sorry, guys. <laughs> I think enough time has passed. Um, different characters eat different fruits and like some of them turn into dinosaurs. Some of them can turn into, um, like some of them can, for some strange ass reason, one of them can manipulate machines and magnetism with his fruit. Some of them can use, do transportation. Um, there's the one with the coolest, weirdest, most Japanese anime name ever, Trafalgar Law. Uh, I love that name. Uh, he, he, he has a power called the cut fruit, I think, or the shamble, like teleportation fruit. And he just has this power called shambles and he just teleports things. Um, so he can like literally hold a person's heart hostage. And he does this and he can hold the heart. It still functions the same way the person stays alive. But if he cr starts crushing it, it hurts the person. So oh, shit. Anything... Sounds like that scene sounds like that scene in temple of doom where, where I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the type of weird shit that can happen. There is, is there um, any is there any is there any like again internal logical consistency or is the magic is it very is it like so soft magic it's literally just an excuse to let the characters do anything. Um. There are. Yeah, some... It's a simple question. Yeah. Give me a second, because I will. I wasn't finished. Um. Devil fruit users despite being on the open water, cannot swim. So that is the one drawback of being a devil fruit user, that you need people around you who are not devil fruit users to save your ass if you fall in the water. Don't ask me why, it's just the way it is. Um, and I think that's one of the things you have to, to do to enjoy this show is, oh yeah, and one of the characters got a can that has a technological super suit in it made by his aristocrat family that has their own separate nation. So technology is also a thing. Um, no, there is, n the, there is no logical sense behind the power, the way the powers work. Um, it's very soft. It's, as, it's like a marshmallow soft. I mean, honestly, it sounds crazy, but when you really stop and think about it, it doesn't sound any weirder than Dragon Ball Z. Um, it's not. It's like... Here's the thing. I mean, season one is unbearable because Luffy is a little shit and you hate it. But by season whatever we're on right now, you literally have samurais riding flaming chocobos 
fighting a guy who is like 15 foot tall for because giants it also exists oh, that's chocobo isn't that from final fantasy yeah yeah oh that's why they look familiar because in assassin's creed origins there mm -hmm. is a, um, a free dlc that you get after you finish the main game where you get the ultima thule blade and a shield and that's you cool. get you get a chocobo instead of a camel <laughs> um, and black that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here's the ultimate question. Why should I or anybody else watch One Piece if we haven't already? If you want to watch an epic where anything is possible and you there is so much material to go through that you will always have something to watch even if it's just background noise, I don't even care. Because I watched a considerable chunk of it as background noise while it was dubbed. Now that it's not background noise, like, and the thing is, I would stop and watch the fights because the fights and, and the animation of the fights are really good. It's fun to watch. It's, it's the lowest denominator of fun, I think. It is the real housewives of anime. No, it's not. That's These not true because- to watch the show. Cut, <laughs> cut that out. Cut that out because it's not the Real Housewives. There was a show where uh, students at an exclusive sports college would, female students, would bump their breasts and buttocks against one another to knock each other off of platforms into water. That was a real show. Cockfight Island is a real show. Or at least it's a real book. Um, therefore, I don't think I don't think One Piece is the lowest common denominator of anime, but I think it is the most digestible, like absurd, absurdist digestible. Like it's just a crazy ass fantasy show where anything can really go. Oh dear God. <laughs> I can't tell viewers. I can't, I broke Sam somehow. He's holding his head and broken. it's about, it's about the fact that how can one country put out so much that is just has there's there's almost like no cultural through line. You know what I mean? Like in you take American action movies as an example. You know, there's mm -hmm. a very clear line of evolution from God, what's the what's the first action movie you know or like i'd say an early action movie like bullet there's a clear through line from that to you know fast and the furious nine right there's a there yeah. is a line there's a line to track whether it's yeah. in terms of evolution and all those things so but with i don't know maybe it's just because i'm not an anime person i'm not an, a person who watches anime that and mm -hmm. that's why me to understand to to see the through line it's not hard for me to understand at this point why people like it because i have no doubt if you have watched all of anime all of all of an anime especially of the length of one piece or all of the naruto whether it's because if you're a big naruto fan you've probably watched naruto naruto shippuden and baruto um the fact that you know these names now is is also something to note that it's, yeah, but I know lots of names. I, I I also know that Basil Rathbone played and voiced Sherlock Holmes in the TV shows shortly after he, uh, because people liked him and the full cast from the audio drama so much, they kept them around as the TV actors when they started wow. doing that. 
I've never actually watched them though. Okay. Yeah. Like for me, I have no doubt that if you've watched all of one piece, you probably, you, maybe you feel something for like how Zoro has like changed and progressed over the years. I know that name because a YouTuber, I like two YouTubers, booktubers. I like have, uh, like, um, I'm not gonna say their names because you know, we don't do free sponsorships here. Um, <laughs> like, uh, but they both have like a one piece series and one of them, uh, they talk about like how Zoro has like, is this sort of very deep character and how he's far more interesting than, than monkey and how he's this, he is this, uh, the big guy is the trope. He's like this big bruising, like he's arguably like the better, he's the arguably the better fighter than Luffy. And he's yeah. always fighting the mooks and the, the minions while Luffy's fighting the bad guy, probably, you know? Uh, and like, I don't know. I think if you've probably watched all thousand episodes or all 998 episodes, whatever it is, you probably feel some kind of way or something for these characters. I think like you almost didn't keep watching or keep reading uh, Naruto because someone, because you thought Naruto had died. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's especially true. If, if, if this is a series where, you know, the quality hasn't dipped that much um, because I think I, I, I still can't get my head around like, like, like it, it, it's still being, you know, interesting because I mean, even the Simpsons, which has probably only had what 400 or 500 episodes is a shell of but what the Simpsons what is a sitcom formula. The Simpsons is well, a sitcom formula where they sit, where they're in the same situation over and over again. That's why that formula weakens over time. That's the one, I think that's why anime can get so epic is because character it's almost always a journey story. It's well, the character's okay. journey, and that's why there's always they're always moving around. And if you make the world big enough, they can keep moving forever. Well, I'll compare. Okay, a better comparison would then be to Dragon Ball, and yep. everything that's come out since the end of Z has honestly, in my opinion, been trash. And I mean, I guess you could attribute that maybe because you know most, if not all, of, you know most of it is is really done with very little or no involvement from from you know the original author. But yeah. it just doesn't seem like there's more story there to be told, even if, even, even when, you know, like Battle of Gods or Resurrection F or um, Broly, yeah, there's some cool elements in it, in them. And, and yes, those are ones where, where the author is more involved, but they just don't really, f they're missing whatever, whatever made the original series good. And this is a series, you know, that was a show that maybe had like, if you count the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, maybe 400 episodes or something. But th um, those have even been abridged and edited yeah. repeatedly. But I, and it just doesn't seem like there's more story really to be told, even when they try. But but with One Piece, somehow they're always finding new avenues to explore, I guess. A big chunk of it is that they set up a lot of plot points. Like in the initial series, uh, in the sorry, in the initial seasons i'm sorry just before i get into that i want to touch back on on sam's point about not understanding the the cultural throughway and i thought that was a very interesting point and i think it's i think it might be an east west thing and please disagree with me uh, anyone can disagree with me one of them if i'm wrong if there's you know i'm happy to to flush this point away if it's if it's wrong uh, but I think that in the East, they look at the medium as much as they do the the genre and the the 
narrative. So it's not so much, and, and I think because of maybe it's the, the way the movie industry changed there over it, because over there again, cartoons aren't just for kids. So it's not so much an avenue of telling kids stories, it's just an avenue of telling stories. And once you get to that point, then the next logical step is, well then, what can't you tell? How far can you push this medium of animated movie into telling a story? How far, what can you do? What can you not do? What is possible? What isn't possible? And it's just sort of, this is why you get pieces of crap, like, um, like that boobs and butt bouncing show. Um, it's like, there's no redeemable quality other than the fact that it knows exactly what it is. It's just complete and utter fan service garbage. But that's just sort of a use of the medium of anime rather than it is sort of challenging stories and narratives and, and things like that. So if you get crap like that on the spectrum, you also get other stuff on the other on another end of the spectrum that sort of pushes the way stories are told. I won't say one piece is pushing the way stories are yeah. told, I but guess I guess it's more of a sorry, you finish. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, it's kind of uh, it's it's in there in that it knows what it was doing by using the first few seasons as a way to set up plot points. And yeah. then because it's anime, you're not going to have actors aging out. You're not going to have contract disputes. You're not going to have, you're going to have a much lower budget. So the story can snowball and there's no sort of restrictions yeah. to that. I mean, so that I think has, so when you, when you have, when your creators have carte blanche in that regard, then anything can really happen. And I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why One Piece stays so relevant and so fascinating for a lot of fans is because there's still stuff that, like we're marks. Well, I'll definitely, I'm using wrestling terminology, but we're absolutely marks because we know there's a pattern. Luffy meets a bad guy. Luffy gets stronger uh, or Luffy gets beaten up. Then he gets stronger or they have a plan where he makes friends with a pirate who's also a gangster, a 19... 20s gangster who also has a ship that's a castle um or he becomes a castle because he ate the castle fruit things happen uh i think, I think my because i'm going to stop because you're going to keep going yeah. if i don't stop you this is a right i will but thank you i think my my sort of takeaway and my thing my my last thing i'll say on this is like further evidence that anime is not a genre it is a medium it can be i think yes you're right uh, but it can be a genre as well because yeah, that's we, what we get we, from the X Men. We're able to get Evangelion, where there's really no—it's not like always a hat on a hat on a hat in the original show. We get things like Your Name, we get things like Spirited Away and all Miyazaki yeah. movies, and then we also get something like One Piece. No, it's a medium. It's not a genre. It's not a genre of animated shows. It is a—it is a medium. It is merely mm -hmm. Japanese style animation. I will say it becomes a genre when there are tropes in it. Yes, shonen for example. I think anime has subgenres in it, but it also anime. I think comes a genre when it there are symbols for it. So, for example, uh, when other when American cartoons reference anime, they'll have the same things. Big eyes. They will have fighting robots. They will have uh, monsters that you that fight for you, like cute, adorable plush monsters that fight for you and various other things become tropes of the medium because, oh, 
characters screaming. That's now an anime genre thing. Um, it's something that comes from the medium. It's not because it's it's a trope used in so many genres that I think it goes above the the genre it's confined to is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Because there's a lot of genre blending in anime. Like you'll get the pocket monster meets pirate thing or, you know, swashbuckling. You'll get the cyber robot meets cutesy girl magic girl show and like there's all sorts of these combinations that because fuck it why not let's try anything and see what works yeah i think as well because so many maybe because so many things are while accepted by for the most part in like you know big business and government there's so many things that are still so taboo that it really aren't in the west mm -hmm. whether it's from like you know homosexual relationships to god i don't know just like the manner in which people act as sort of being just you are man or woman. And if the, there's always something, some illusion, if you're not acting in sort of one of those tropes or one of those molds um, or norms. So maybe that's why as well. I got a question for you. How many large multi-season, what's the, what are the biggest shows you guys have watched? Ooh, uh, probably Smallville and Bones. Um, Right now, how many I'm, seasons each and episodes each? Smallville is 10 episodes. Uh, sorry, 10 seasons. The I think the lowest There's 24 episodes each. Uh, I think the lowest is season eight with 20 with 20 episodes. The, all the others average between 22 and 26. Okay. Bone has 12 seasons. The first third, the first seat, the first third and final season have less that have less than 20, but the other seasons have like 24, 26. Um, yeah, that's it. That's the only ones I'm, yeah, I'm well, not sure. I watch her. I mean, like, are you saying like and Walking Dead? Walking Dead as well. How many seasons Walking Dead at now? Eleven seasons, but averaging around sixteen episodes a season. Okay, sorry, man. I mean, when we, we, when you say what are the longest shows that we've watched? Do you mean that we've watched most, if not all of, or just shows that we've like watched, a, you know, a bit of or some of? No, Jeopardy doesn't count. Like that's been on for decades. Well, obviously, but just because Jeopardy, you watch the occasional like, episode, it doesn't. I'm talking about like. Narrative. What's the longest narrative you watched? Well, okay, so I, I wouldn't because I've watched maybe seasons one to five or six of Bones, and then I kind of fell off. But it's not really that serialized. I mean, certain seasons have kind of you know. Matt, you haven't watched all of Simpsons, have you? I haven't watched all of the Simpsons. No, no. Um, that's the other thing. I, I probably haven't even watched most of the simpsons at this point like i've seen pretty much every episode from probably like seasons one to eight or one to nine um and then multiple some episodes... times. pardon multiple times yeah and then probably some episodes here and thereafter but that's probably not yeah. even half of, of of the total episodes they have now and same with family guy um american dad um those are each like those are like family guys getting up there that's like 20 yeah. seasons but, but the episode count has dropped but you said you said in terms of you know ones that have the longest narrative. There's no narrative. That's true. Those are sitcoms. So, um, I but guess you watch Dragon Ball. Trek shows, huh? Yeah, Dragon Ball probably. Okay, okay. Now I'm just curious because I really enjoy a while back. I don't know why, but I started watching long ass epics. I started watching, uh, like I just sat down one day. I said, okay, I'm going to watch all of Babylon Five. I watched all of Babylon Five. 
I said, okay, I'm going to watch all of whatever the next show was. And I went through Babylon 5, Battlestar Galactica, um, Farscape, DS9, Voyager, uh, shit, what else? Like a lot of those sci-fi shows. Like I just went through them. And then I just decided to watch, like I just, the longer it was better. Oh, Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. Um, and I'm probably going to do Stargate Universe as well one day. Uh, but yeah, that I like watching these long arching shows to sort of see, I guess I'm, I'm curious about large scale change. And maybe that's what uh, One Piece gives me more than anything is that like over time, there are big changes that sort of happen or a character has larger and larger sphere of influence. I will say that the shows that are heavily serialized, if they go on for too long, they generally like you the, the plot generally just like fizzles out and just turns to garbage. Like I'm thinking like the X-Files, like that's a heavily serialized show, mm -hmm. went on for nine years and then had two revival seasons. And in the end, it's just like, oh, this was this was what was going on in the background. Like, oh, yeah. And so I hope I don't have to plot. experience that. the plot. And so I don't, I, don't I, I can't even imagine if there is, if there are shows that are that where, where, where the story, where there's an ongoing story that continues year after year after year, I think generally I would probably just f stop watching after a while because it stops making sense. This one doesn't because it never really made a lot of sense to begin with. Okay. So that's, that, that's, a, that's another reason probably that it's easier to stick with it because it's I kind guess of so. absurd maybe or outrageous or whatever that there's, but then doesn't that kind of like work against the idea that there's any sort of really internal logical consistency to the, sh to the show. If it's like, so it doesn't really need it. It's sort of, you know what? It has the adventure time consistency. That's the best. I think that's the most comparable thing is adventure time which is a weird thing to say, but now that I'm thinking about it, it probably makes the most sense. Like there are points of, um, points of logic in Adventure Time where those points are seems absolutely arbitrary, but there is a logic that surrounds those points that doesn't really make sense because we don't know where those points are sort of oriented, right? So like BMO, wants to be a real boy and decides to pretend to pee by pouring water while sitting on to while sitting on a toilet that's messed up but it carries a logic to it that carries on throughout the show um now that i think about it the longest running narrative kind of show even though it's like it's kind of ridiculous to group it like this would be raw and smackdown I've been watching them for like 25 years and there is a story that continues. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It does lack logical consistency a lot. And a lot of the times it's like, why, why am I still watching this? Because and characters in, level you know, up, don't they? Pardon? Characters, characters level evolve. up, don't they? Characters level up, characters evolve, characters grow. There's so, MacGuffin. There is a MacGuffin that a lot of people are after, aren't they? Uh, the belt. Yeah, I guess the belts and and different characters want like an action that one character makes may affect an action another character makes down the line. Yeah, even though it's I mean, not, it's, it's often it, poorly constructed, but it can be in times quite riveting. And you know, it, I, 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 I think it does kind of fit into this category as well as as an ongoing narrative. 
Yeah, I think that's actually a very great uh, example. And if anything, if it's framed, see, if if the main character was Vince McMahon and everything happened around Vince McMahon specifically in the show, like that would be really neat. Like I would love, you know, that show that you said the the Stephen Mel show about wrestling that yep. you were talking about. Yep. You were talking about how you wanted it to be more about the business of wrestling. I well, think actually, it turned it, out there was quite a bit of that, but that okay. was my initial fear before it started. I wasn't like I don't gotcha. know how much. Yeah, um, but that's but sort of been, what the the concept that there's no central. It's a it is a ensemble show, rotating cast, and it's got central characters, but. And occasionally characters return, like The Rock and John Cena. And that's like when characters that I love on One Piece show up every two or three hundred episodes. And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember him from way before. And it's awesome. Yeah. There's also ninjas and robots. Their shipwright, a word that I learned from One Piece, is a cyborg. And their doctor is a talking reindeer who can transform into a monster. Their... Uh, Helmsman is a fishman, and I'm trying to think uh, who else is there. Oh, they have their their uh, merriment coordinator is a musician, nine foot tall skeleton with an afro, who plays guitar. Used to play a fiddle, but now he plays guitar. <laughs> and these are all yeah. characters that like. And the thing is that that character actually uh afro skeleton actually has an appearance way before we even realize it's him and so there's what happens what turns out happening is a lot of throwaway characters end up ha are being the backstory or part of the backstory for characters that come in later so well, yeah they have to because otherwise they wouldn't have made it to over a thousand episodes it, yeah and that's that's kind of the fun part of it is some of the characters i don't care for at all uh, but there are others who are just like, all right, you go. Okay, so I take it back. Um, Ron Smack saying Ron Smackdown is an on is the longest ongoing narrative I've watched. Just no more ridiculous than One Piece. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thank I, you. I, I, I will. I same. will type in it's and say same. we can all qualify. All right, that's it.